stronghold and say, hey, not me. The Bible says I am blessed. The Bible says he was made poor that I may become rich. The Bible says I am not weak. The Bible says I am the head and not the tail. Go ahead and reign in life. Go ahead and move mountains. Go ahead and jump. Go ahead and win. Go and make lots of progress in life. Why? It's possible. You are listening to a podcast by Senior Pastor of Life Free Church, Prophet Gomezio Shamani. We started looking at the anointing and we talked about how the anointing is an empowerment that comes over the saints of God to prepare them and ignite them for the work of ministry we did start out by saying that there is relevance that man has here on earth This relevance is his purpose. And the Bible also gets to show us that for a specific purpose, God gets to call us. He gets to call us. And after he calls us, we have an empowerment. Obviously, in the empowerment area, it's something that's very broad then we are sent forth to carry out his work so right now we are in the empowerment teachings and we started with talking about the anointing which will spill over into today but for today our main topic that I'm going to be teaching on or lesson 3 shall be the effective minister the effective minister remember empowerment is very diverse empowerment is not just diverse empowerment is a process it's not something that will just happen with a single snap it's a process but not only is it a process it is diverse and with regards to empowerment we get to be empowered in many arenas altogether I'd like to think of empowerment as a compound word which could be you know also seen in the light of let's 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 give an example when we talk about strength When we talk about strength, strength can be measured in different ways. Like for example, if I carry this, we'll call it a measure of strength. If I put this on my back, how I'm going to endure with this heavy load is also called a measure of strength. And just different things altogether. In the same way, empowerment is very broad. Yes, yes, last week we talked about the anointing which is allowing or the making of the spirit to cause us to be 
capable. That's the anointing. The, the endowment of the spirit to make us capable. But there is also a different empowerment from the spirit. That doesn't just make us capable. But also makes us reliable. And for us to be reliable. Then definitely we need empowerment. In 2 Corinthians chapter number 4 and verse 7, the Bible says, We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. This is to show us that there is something supernatural that we get to interact with. But if we have this treasure in earthen vessels, there is a place where you and I need to reach, where we place focus on handling or furnishing the vessel so that the treasure can effectively express itself. That's why we cannot just focus on the treasure. The treasure is utmost important. We know the treasure is very, very important. There's nothing wrong with God. There's nothing wrong with His anointing. But the vessel needs to be worked on so that the treasure can express can be expressed effectively in our lives. In 2 Timothy chapter number 2 and verse 20, the Bible tells us how in this in the great house there are many vessels. That's what it says. He says in the great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver. It says there are vessels of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Remember, because now we are talking about a place of empowerment, one of the things the Holy Spirit will do is that, yes, we may identify and He may identify that there is a core over your life. But you need to be empowered effectively so that even when you are sent, you do not have glitches. When you are sent, you manifest to the fullest. And so now, there is a challenge here because Paul is telling us there are there is in the great house there are many vessels some are vessels which are of gold some are of silver some of clay and wood and he categorizes the quality of vessels into two major kinds one that is for honor and one which is for dishonor I would rather be a vessel of clay that is honorable and a vessel of gold that is dishonorable. Yeah. So there is quality and also how the quality decides to categorize itself into whether of honor or of dishonor. And that's why if we are going to be talking about vessels, then we need to place serious, serious emphasis in how the vessel should be Furnished should be empowered, should be helped. We don't want people that are just capable. We want people that are reliable. Amen and amen. And that's why when you see even from the light of the scriptures, you will notice that most of the times whenever God is calling someone on empowering someone, he will have to deal with the vessel. He will make sure he's dealing with the vessel. Because he knows if the vessel is not well positioned, 
so many things will happen that will not allow the perfect expression of the anointing or the, the, the power of God in Genesis the Bible tells us after the flood Noah sent out two vessels Noah sent out two vessels one was a raven and one was a dove and you know if you look at this it somehow reminds us of what he said in 2 Timothy chapter 2 that in the great house are many vessels because from from the vessels that Noah had sent these were all vessels that God said should be preserved in short they were not considered evil these were vessels that were preserved so in short there was the raven and not only was there a raven there was the dove so the first thing Noah does is that he sends the raven and you know what the raven moves about moves roams around here and there and eventually we are told that the raven doesn't come back what happened to the raven I wish we could ask where did you go Mr. Raven perhaps it was distracted perhaps it found other things to do perhaps something else won its heart but the next thing we see is that a dove is sent and when the dove is sent the dove comes back with an olive an olive fig came back with an answer showing us that there are different kinds of vessels did the did the raven know what it was supposed to do yes did the dove know what it was supposed to do yes were they both capable yes but were they both reliable and that's why empowerment is important not just with the anointing that makes you capable but also with the empowerment of the spirit that makes you reliable amen and amen and that's why the holy spirit in first john chapter number 2 verse 27 and even before that starting from verse 20 the bible says you have received an anointing from the holy one and in verse 27 he says the anointing in you teaches you the anointing in you empowers you and that's the job of the holy spirit to to deal with you as a vessel so that you can effectively handle certain things that's why i'm saying listen today it's not I'm, i don't want to just tell you that about being capable because you can have the anointing to heal the sick you are capable but what if you don't feel like what if you don't feel like what if you've woken up moody 
So we can't just read. We can't just have you to be capable. We need you to be reliable. Amen and amen. Because on that day, if you just wake up moody, the kingdom of God will suffer. Hallelujah. And that's the work of the Spirit of God to help us be empowered in all these arenas. Philippians chapter number 2 and verse 13. Ish, I've put you quiet today. Sorry, our reader. Philippians chapter number 2 verse 13. The Bible says, For it is God who works in you. Listen. Somebody said God works in me. But it doesn't end there. He says, it is God who works in you both to will and to do. If it starts with will and ends with will, God is not done. He, it is God who works in us both to will and to do. To 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 will and to do. There are some people who have a desire to work for God, and they will say, "I am the last remnant." They listen to a nice teaching so on Sunday. I'm I'm the end time remnant. They have a will, but to do, how sure it's like they are paralyzed. Yes, you are the end time remnant, but why aren't you not doing it? Ah, Kaya. Yes, you know that God is supposed to use you for this, this, and that. You know it. There are many people, they know it. I'm supposed to open a WhatsApp group. When will you add the people? I'm supposed to do this. Where, when? No, I'm supposed to give to the, to the poor. You have it. You will. But doing it. So what does that mean? If God is at work in us to will and to do, then it means if you ever will, or if you fail to will, or let's just say you're on different levels, there are others who are not willing. Then there are those who are willing, but they are failing to perform. So if you will, but you fail to perform, then there's something that you're experiencing in your life known as interference. Because God is at work, but His work is not in full expression because there's interference. So now the big question now we need to answer is interference from where? And from who? Or from or what? The Bible says, the God who started the work in you will complete it until His coming. It simply means he has an agenda to perfect, complete. But for him to complete, there should not be any interference. So many vessels are in a place where there is so much that is going on. There is an empowerment that is going on. But there there is interference. I'm going to show you interference from the light of the scriptures. When when Jesus was born, Herod got offended. Why? First of all, there are certain things you even observe. (laughs) 
you even observe there are certain things that you observe that they may the scripture may not say that a spirit entered this or whatsoever but you can tell that certain reactions are caused by certain spirits or demons why is Herod of offended that a baby is born and he he doesn't mind killing all babies when his target is simply one why look at how the bible tells us anyway let me not touch on that so interference is one of the things that hinders people from allowing God to fully express himself or his empowerment to be in his life remember also in Luke chapter number 3 or going to number 4 Jesus is baptized and he is anointed and the bible says he went into the wilderness where he was led by the spirit what was Jesus doing in the wilderness while he was led by the spirit he was what praying building stamina because at the end of the, the, the fast the Bible says he returned in the power of the spirit that's not how he went he went in the spirit but he returned in the power of the spirit so in his empowerment phase guess what there was an interference who interfered one Lucifer and he began to say if you are the son of God do this if you are the son of God do that if you are the son of God do that by the time all that happened the bible even says and Jesus was tired such that angels went to minister to him glory to god so interference happens through external forces like spirits can want to interfere your empowerment but not only is there interference from external fear uh, uh, external spirits there is interference from personal will the biggest interfere is you and people have learned to stop the devil but not learned to stop themselves they know how to step stop satan but they don't know how to stop themselves they'll say out the demon will go but when they say fast go on a fast i'll try tomorrow they failed to stop themselves and they pledged for a tomorrow amen and amen oh glory to god Now if man is an interferer or if even spirits are an interferer let's talk about spirits spirits is very easy i mean if a spirit is interfering with your destiny the bible says resist him and he will flee from you amen and amen he resist him you say you declare in the name of the lord jesus christ i rebuke you you will not fight my destiny you will not fight my purpose out in jesus mighty name the will of the lord will stand ah you are good there but if you are interfering yourself you can't cast yourself out 
amen and amen. So one thing that you and I need to do or practice and even experience in order for us to be effectively empowered by God is to go through a process that is known as sanctification. It's important for the vessel. Sanctification. What is one of the first things you do if you want to drink water? You get a cup, right? And when you open the the tap, I don't know. Some of you obviously have faith that it's clean. But many of us, whenever we get the cup, what do we do? We allow some water to, to cleanse the cup and we spill out that and then we allow the water to flow. You don't just get no. You you allow a level of sanctification to take place. Amen and amen. In the same way, there are different levels of sanctification. One is positional. Positional in the sense that for God to pour out his spirit, he needed to wash you and cleanse you by the blood of Jesus. Without that, without that level of sanctification, the spirit was never going to come over your life. Amen and amen. But if you are clean, if you are clean, you've got to stay clean. Then, if we can move from position of sanctification, then our next level should be progressive sanctification. Which simply means, what is sanctification? It is to set apart. It is to separate for a particular and special cause. 2 Timothy chapter number 2 and verse 20. You can read it. Lance Crevon Godi Veragadishe. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 20. Yes, please. The Bible reads, uh-huh. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, yeah. but also of wood and clay. Some for honor and some for dishonor. Next verse. Now, imagine this is a great house and you have different vessels. Now, the Bible tells us how to handle yourselves as vessels. Next verse. Therefore, uh-huh. if anyone cleanses himself... Listen, if anyone... If anyone does what? Cleanses himself. Cleanses himself. Uh-huh. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter... Uh-huh. He will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. It's only the sanctified that are useful. So do you see that minor sanctification, you hinder the empowerment of the spirit. You hinder the flow of the spirit. So the Bible says, if anyone cleanses himself, you have to be deliberate. We thank God for the position of sanctification. But let's go for progressive one. We thank God for the position of holiness. But let's go for the progressive one. We thank God for the position of righteousness. But let's go for the position, the, 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 the progressive one. Amen and amen. Where the Bible tells us, like Paul, he says, I am that I am by the grace of God. But I have labored 
there is what is known as receiving grace and what is known as putting grace to work it simply means from what heaven has released there should be a reaction from you and that's why the Bible is telling us in verse 21 that if anyone cleanses himself from the latter he will be sanctified and it says useful to the master for what for, for what? every good work for what for every good work did it say some good works it says every good work it simply means God is willing to use anyone even to raise the dead every good work that's every means every Amen and amen. Ah. So do you know what one of the things? Do you know one of the things you should be teaching when revivals are coming? Sanctify. Holiness. Sanctify. Holiness. Those are the things you should be teaching. Why? Because that empowerment of the Spirit works with sanctified vessels. That's why we call ourselves saints. Saints are sanctified ones. People think saints is no Saint Paul. Saint Paul. <laughs> saints. I know some of you found saints in schools. But that's what a saint is. Sanctified one. That's the one who's useful. Amen and amen. Now, how do we experience a level of sanctification? Number one. Sanctification by the truth. Eh? Sanctification by the truth. John 17 verse 17. Jesus is making a prayer. And he says, Father, sanctify them by the truth. Separate them. Cleanse them. Sanctify them by the truth. And he says, your truth. Your word is thy truth. So it simply means there is a place where we are separated. We are made, we are furnished by the truth. The truth is the word of God. It separates us. And that is why one of the reasons the Bible describes the word of God as quick, powerful. And it says it's sharper than a double-edged sword. What is a sword for? It's for separating. That's why it goes on to say dividing the soul from the spirit even to the marrows. It's for separating. Then it doesn't end there. Then it says it's a discerner of thoughts. So sanctification takes place where when you experience the word of God, there is not only a learning. There is a sanctification that is taking place. There is a separation that is taking place. Imagine today I'm teaching and then you listen to a word and the word is encouraging you to be an end time vessel. But in that moment you are not an end time vessel. You are an onlooker and you are just seated. So you just decide from that moment after you receive the word of God. You say this day I will be an end time vessel. What has happened? You've been sanctified by the truth. Separated. That's why it's important to sit under the ministry of the word. It it separates you. It challenges your thoughts. It 
it separates you from certain thought lines. No, I can't do it. I can can't do it. I can't do it. Boom! Scripture can come to you. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And you say, I believe it, sanctified by the truth. Amen and amen. And the sanctification by the truth is very important because it positions you to be a vessel that will easily partner with the Spirit. Remember, even when the Spirit of God descends, the Bible says He will not speak of His own. We have come with open hearts. Oh my goodness. That's what sanctification is. Sanctification by the truth will will challenge your thoughts. Ah, it will challenge your thoughts. The word of God will challenge your thinking. Sometimes it will challenge your belief systems. No, me, I believe. I can't do this. Ah, just, just encounter the word of God. You will notice how the word of God will cause you to believe differently. It will cause you to believe differently. Concerning evangelism, one time I used to think to myself, ah, me, let me not evangelize to guys. They are stubborn. They are stubborn. I'll just be evangelizing to maybe little children and, and, and females. At least they would, they would listen. Boys. <laughs> it was a belief system. Until I saw the scripture which tells us that the Spirit of God works in us and works with us. As we teach the word, he confirms the word with signs and wonders. Then the Holy Spirit said to me, do your job and I'll do your job. Your job is to preach. My job is to convict. I said, wow. From that time, all you want, hello. <laughs> Why? Sanctified by the truth. Amen and amen. That's why you need to have the word of God as your highest level of uh, of something that you hold on to to be your belief system. Remember why the Bible says it says casting down all imaginations. That's Second uh, Corinthians, and and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. It says bring all thoughts into captivity and bring them to the obedience of Christ, which is His word. Amen and amen. So sanctification by the truth is very, very, very important. Because as you expose yourself to the word of God, you are empowered, but also separated from certain traits, from certain thoughts, and many other things together. Quickly, number two. There's a sanctification that is deliberate. There's a sanctification that is deliberately engineered by us. In, and this sanctification is, is, is dying to the flesh. Dying to the flesh. Or dying to self. In Luke chapter number 14 and verse 26 to 27. Yes, read. Luke 14, uh-huh. verse 26. Yeah. The Bible reads, If anyone comes to me yes. and does not hate his father and mother, yeah. wife and children, yeah. brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever does not bear his cross 
and come after me cannot be my disciple. Right. Jesus is saying if anyone you can't carry the you can't carry your cross. We do know the word the Bible says that Jesus died on the cross, right? But he also told you to carry your cross. Carrying your cross is counting the cost. Is understanding the cost. Listen, the anointing is free. But it it has a cost. There's a cost to actually having the anointing. Amen and amen. It's free. Freely he has given, freely he has dispatched. But now you have it, you will not pray the same way. <laughs> that's a cost. And that's why Jesus is saying, you must be able to carry your cross. What happens on a cross? A cross is a place where something has to die. So when you're carrying your cross, you need to understand that something has to die. Something has to die. Because when something dies, there's usually a, pro- a producing. Amen and amen. Something dies. When Adam fell into a deep sleep, what happened? Who did he find? He found a woman. Isn't that so? When Jesus died, who did he produce? You and I, the church. So imagine you die to self. What will you produce? You produce a lot. So Jesus wants us to die to self. That no wonder the first thing he's saying is if anyone hates himself, hates his father, hates his mother, hates him. He's talking about a leaking nature of self. Amen and amen. It's a leaking nature of self. It focuses on things. It focuses on others, not the king. So the cost is that he wants you and I to die to self. In fact, go to Luke 9 verse 62. Luke 9 verse 62. Start from verse 61. 61 Luke 9 verse 61 and the Bible reads and another also said Lord I will follow you but let me go first and bid them farewell who are at my house he says hold on this guy is talking about Lord I've got a desire I'll do ministry don't worry. I'll do it. And says, but let me first. But you see, already he is fighting scripture. When it starts with but, it shouldn't be let me first. It should be but seek he first. Oh, you didn't get it. He says, but let me first. No. Matthew 6 says, but seek ye first. Uh-huh. So what does he say? Jesus. But responded. Jesus uh-huh. said to him, No one 
having put his hand no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of god listen jesus measures fitness in service and he says those that have self are not fit are not fit yet he wants you doesn't he want you yes because he said follow me he wants you but as long as you have self you can't you you will not be as useful as you can be amen and amen yes before we talk about the gifts of healings before we talk about this this and that we need to talk about the hosting ability that is you as a vessel and so self has to die and self has to die daily amen and amen don't use your resurrection power to resurrect self hallelujah so there's a cost even when elijah was sent to anoint elisha The Bible says Elijah went to call Elisha. He didn't tell him I'm going to anoint you or Shanshan as prophet. No. Ah, he just passed. Eh, okay. And then Elisha had to follow. He was just following. There's a cost. You think he's just going to get double, double portion like that? Why? Why did the the prophets that remained in the towns not get a double portion? because Elisha did something the others didn't do there was a cost them they were even prophesying i akufa i and Elijah i and Elijah Elisha knew that Elijah is going but he decided to go extra and pursue he knew that pursuit is an oxygen for mentorship and empowerment and he followed all the way Praise be to God. How deliberate are you in inducing sanctification or having this sanctification in your life, this separation by dying to self? If I were to teach on this one it can even take more time. One of these days I'll teach on crucifying self. Maybe let me just give the last one. Another thing that takes place since we're talking about sanctification is what this the, the, the dying to self is you working it. Now there's another working of of God over his people. It's known as pruning. Pruning. John 15 verse 1 Pruning. John 15 verse 1. Uh-huh. The Bible reads. Yes. I am the true vine. Uh-huh. And my father is the vine dresser. Uh-huh. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Okay. Jesus is saying every branch that doesn't bear fruit, what does he do? He takes away. Okay. Thank you Lord for that revelation. But now, let's get to the ones that bear fruit. And every branch that bears fruit he prunes okay, that they bear more pruning is not for for those that don't bear fruit 
didn't catch that. Pruning is for those that are bearing fruit. is for those that bear fruit and it says he prunes now why does he prune read it and every branch that bears fruit he prunes uh-huh. that it may bear more fruit listen God prunes you because he wants more fruit from you you are bearing fruit but he wants more fruit so he prunes so what is pruning you are doing well and sometimes pruning does not does not mean they will have to come and say we are doing well it will deal with that other one which is hindering your next level it's always going for that other one no wonder pruning is always painful and if you can be discerning that I'm being pruned not being fought so anyone that refuses to be pruned has just refused their next level as simple as that this is a different level of sanctification because for you to bear fruit you need to be sanctified but then it's it's now that you're already bearing fruit Sonia thank you that you sent the report at 20.02 very understandable but pruning will be more detailed. You didn't send it at 20 hours. Why? Because there is a law in the spirit known as faithfulness. When you are unfaithful, then you don't deserve the next level. So, what we say is, thank you. Thank you for 2002. We understand we receive it. Maybe it could be bundle and but next time 1959. When you begin to function on that level, you've been pruned. So you will bear more fruit. Amen and amen. That's why anyone who's experiencing pruning, please. You know there are certain people they can be doing certain things. Even just within the church circles, we can see someone come at church, maybe ten forty. A brother of church, um, poshas up. Deacon Sam should come at at eight forty-five. Why? We know he's already bearing fruit, but his next level <laughs> demands something better. Amen and amen. And that's where pruning is. It's not easy, but hey. It's tough like that. I understood it where times where God is now. I'm, I'll put my prayer time at 19 hours. I'll pray. But he woke me at 0 to 30. I said, but I've already prayed. <laughs> pray. Amen and amen. You give offering, it says give more. Pruning. Amen and amen. 
Why? If he wants a next level, he will deal with those two things. He will deal with how you receive things. He will deal with how you communicate. He will deal with how you react. He will deal with those two little, two little things. They look as if they are none kind. Listen, even in the law of removing in, in, in the law of removing things, and anyway, I don't even want to call it a law. Even in removing things, remember the Bible says there are those who've got a plank, and there's one who's got a speck of dust. Listen, a speck of dust is small, but it should, it should still come out. It should still come out, no matter even though it's, it should still come out. Amen and amen. That's why your system will do everything necessary. What will happen? Tears will start flowing. Why? The speck of dust should not have interaction with you. It must come out, no matter how small it is. Aha. So it simply means, you who wants the anointing to heal, you who wants the this, this and that, you need to become an effective minister by allowing the Lord to introduce sanctification in your life. And that's where our prayer should be. Father, may I be sanctified holy, that I may be prepared for a very good work. We end here.